1: And I believe that that's really why you're here. Christ died for us. History Makers. Hi, and welcome to History Makers. I'm Matt Prater. Today we're speaking with James Condon. He's been working with the Salvation Army for many years, also with the Bible League and the National Day of Prayer, and he's uh, now based at the Sunshine Coast in beautiful Australia. Uh, We're going to find out a bit of James' story today. Welcome to the program, mate. Uh, Tell us a bit of your story. Where were you born and
0: raised? Yeah, great to share with you, Matt, and to all the listeners. Um, I was born at Nara on the south coast of New South Wales 68 years ago.
1: <laughs> Beautiful part of the world, mate. And did you have uh, a religious
0: upbringing at all? By Christian denomination, yes. Uh, my father was Roman Catholic and my mother was Presbyterian, but apparently they talked about it and we were sent to Sunday school at the Presbyterian Church, so in my early days in terms of Christianity was in the Presbyterian Church.
1: Uh, Okay. And was there a conversion experience at a young age? Tell us what happened.
0: Um, So firstly, as I say, I brought up in the Presbyterian, went to Sunday school, went to youth group, went to church. But there came a point in my life where I just walked away from church and I didn't feel that there was a God and um, I was looking for meaning and purpose in life. And at that point of time, in my early teens, I didn't find it in the church. Um, so um, to use the term we sometimes use, I, I walked away from it all and uh, walked very much into the world and the ways of the world at that time. But thank God that was um, short-lived. Um, so sort of a uh, little bit about my background. I, I sort of grew up in what we would described today as a dysfunctional family um, and that led me to sort of do a lot of searching about my life, led me into depression, suicide thoughts, no meaning no purpose, no future. That's what I felt in my early teenage years. Um, and then someone invited me to a Youth rally at the Salvation Army. Um, it was a youth rally where kids from all Christian denominations were attending, and um, two things greatly impacted my life that night. One, I had never heard a personal testimony, someone talking about God at work in their life. And when this young lady shared, and I was 17, she was probably 19. I sat there and I thought, wow, I want what she's got. That's what I'm looking for in life. And the other thing that night, I'd never been anywhere where an invitation was given, an appeal, for people to come forward and to receive Christ into their lives. And so when that appeal time came, after the preacher gave the message, I knew this is for me. And that night I walked forward... And there was only two people, me and a young teenage girl or so. And we gave our lives to the Lord that night. And the Salvation Army pastor, minister, told me to go back to the church where I belonged. So the next morning, and this was a Saturday night, the next morning I went back to the Presbyterian Church with my newfound experience of Jesus. Um, Totally changed. I, I knew that. I felt it within and on Sunday night, I sneaked up to the Salvation Army for the first time to enter their church.
1: Oh, yeah?
0: Yeah. And the interesting thing about that part of my journey, I did that for about a year. That is, I went to the Presbyterian in the morning, the Salvation Army at night. But then I felt God say to me, the Salvation Army is your spiritual home. It's where I want you to live and serve. Yeah.
1: And tell us a bit about uh, your early career. What kind of work did you do after
0: school? I was a salesman, really, in a number of different areas. Um, I worked in a department store, but in the hardware section, and they sent me off to Sydney, the big city, to train to be a paint and colour consultant with British Paint. So that was my uh, early days, um, selling paint and other hardware items, yeah.
1: And how did you get into ministry?
0: Well, I was a very ordinary bloke i certainly would say that um shy reserved didn't do well at school but i used to go to a bible study group of youth um from all denominations and one night they were talking about the call of god to ministry and i said what's that about (laughs) and i always remember rob who was the leader We had a one-on-one a few days after the Bible study group, and he said, James, for you, don't worry about the call. Apply for ministry within the Salvation Army, and if you get accepted, you will know this is the call of God for you. Because he knew that really I should never have been accepted. Mm. And that's just the most amazing thing, apart from my meeting Jesus, just the way God began to prepare me, equip me for ministry and service. And if there's one thing now I look back on, I thank God for his equipping, Mm. and particularly for the different appointments I've been given by the Salvation Army over the years. God has equipped me.
1: Well, you've certainly had an incredible uh, season of ministry with the Salvos. Uh, Tell us about uh, your roles that you've served with the Salvos over the years.
0: Yeah, okay. So um, to use the church term, I've been pastor minister of quite a number of congregations in New South Wales and Queensland. And then I was asked to go to the UK and do a three-year exchange over there. Absolutely loved that. That was life-changing. Never thought I'd ever serve overseas Um, and went for three years to Bournemouth in the south of England and loved that experience i suppose i particularly loved being a pastor minister of the local congregation that's my heart and uh, god has blessed us and given us great experiences from mount isa up there in far northern western queensland to the city of sydney Mm. diversity like the inner city and auburn in the western suburbs Uh, but then the salvation army also gave me opportunities to serve i was appointed to our college staff, and that was one of the great seasons of my life, as I had the privilege of teaching and preparing others for their life's calling. That blew me out of the water, I thought, oh gee, can I do this? And God said no, but I can. And I loved that time on the staff of our college. And then in leadership of the denomination in a number of places, Newcastle, Brisbane, where I was what we call in the Salvation Army Divisional Commander for the particular geographical area South Queensland, Newcastle, Central New South Wales and then, you know, when I went to the UK on exchange for three years I thought, oh, that's my missionary service (laughs) Um, but we were then asked to go to Papua New Guinea Uh, when was that? 2004 and um, that was just the most amazing life-changing experience of four years. I was what we call the Chief Secretary, which was second in charge for the Salvation Army in Papua New Guinea, and loved it. Loved the people, loved the church, loved the work uh, we were doing up there. And, and it was life-changing, great mm. chapter of my life. And then I returned from Papua New Guinea to be the Chief Secretary for the Salvation Army in New South Wales and Queensland. Then I headed off to our international headquarters in London, where I was appointed the International Secretary for South Pacific and East Asia. So, oversighting the work of the Salvation Army in all of this area, Philippines, Singapore, Malaysia, uh, Japan, Taiwan, just the diversity of that. That was an amazing experience. And then I was appointed as the Commissioner of the Salvation Army for New South Wales, Queensland ACT. And that's where I finished after five years and two months in that role. And uh, then tied to the beautiful Sunshine Coast.
1: <laughs> well, you're certainly not retired. You're more refired because I know you, you're probably doing a lot more ministry now than than uh, you have in the past. Because I've heard you preach recently. I've I've seen your uh, your Facebook. You've been travelling here and there, and uh, we'll get to that in just a moment. But let's just uh, pause for a moment and acknowledge the work of the salvos. You know, I do a lot of work with uh, the Pindari. Men's and Women's Shelter in Brisbane, uh, who do a great work with the homeless, and uh, I've been so impressed uh, by the the work of the Salvos, not just here in Australia but around the world. Wherever you go, the Salvos are known for their care for the the poor and the lost. And uh, soap, soup, and salvation was what yeah. James uh, uh, was what William Booth used to talk about. Uh, yeah. For those who haven't heard the story of William Booth and the Salvos, just give us a quick snapshot of how it all began.
0: So William Booth was a Methodist minister. And um, at one of their synods in London, I don't know whether it was called synod then, but um, people will understand that term. He stood up and challenged the church about doing something for the poor, the homeless, the children on the street. And he didn't get a good reception uh, when he did that in the 1850s. And so he felt God was saying, William Booth, do something about it. And uh, sometimes we talk about William Booth, but we need to talk about William and Catherine Booth because his wife was very much part of it as well. And so um, he broke away from the Methodist church. He rented warehouses and places like that to establish soup kitchens and to bed down the homeless. And um, through that practical Christianity many many people came to faith in Christ and he said to them now go to the church and they said no no we we don't want to go to a church because we're not welcomed in the church generally speaking we want to come to your church he said no 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 I'm not here to start another church but they insisted and so he started to have tent meetings in the East end of London where he preached the gospel and That's where it all began, right? Um, And it's interesting because we've never taken on the name a a church. Um, We're still known as the Salvation Army, but in our early days, we had different, uh, different names. East London Revival Society at one point, we were called. The Christian Mission, we were called at one point, but eventually the name emerged the Salvation Army. And we're still known as that around the world. Now in 130 plus countries, doing an amazing work and staying true to our original God given vision through the founder William and Catherine Booth. Mm. Yeah.
1: Well, it's an amazing story of uh, William and Catherine stepping out for God and now a worldwide ministry, which you've obviously taken a a massive leadership role in. And It's great to hear how the Lord has used you in that ministry over the years. You're now involved in a couple of other areas as well. Uh, A a mission that's very close to my heart is the Bible League. Uh, I've had the chance to uh, speak at a few of their dinners recently and uh, been so impressed with the work they do in nations like Nicaragua, uh, and uh, in South Africa And uh, many other nations Where the Bible League is, is getting God's word out there you, You're now the chairman of the Bible League Australia Tell us a bit about uh, your recent activities You've been involved with, with Bible League
0: Yes, mate, I'm the chairman of the Bible League for Australia And New Zealand mm-hmm. And um, I was back on on the board back in the 80s uh, When I retired Uh, My good friend Ari Balbergen, who's been on the board for 36 years, invited me back onto the board, and I was back on it about 12 months, and they asked me to become chairman, which I was privileged to do. And I've just been to the 80th anniversary conference of the Bible League in Chicago, just home a a few days ago from that. And I tell you what, I thought I knew what the Bible League did, but I tell you, my eyes have been opened by being at the conference. It wasn't a big conference in terms of numbers, about 90 people there from 33 countries where the Bible League is at work. And I was just absolutely blown away. Most of those people uh, who were at the conference are our field workers working amongst people in the poorest sectors of community, in the shanty towns, in the slums, distributing the scriptures, um, giving English training, English speaking classes, teaching people how to read the Bible, giving other scriptural resources. And many of those field staff just told the most amazing stories of transformation. Stories from South America, stories from Africa, stories from the Middle East. And also it was amazing the people I met. I love meeting people from those countries and engaging in conversation with them. But so many... really uh, under great restraint, persecution, Uh, the guy I met from Egypt, the guy I met from Nepal, from Burundi in Africa, doing amazing work, but under just very challenging circumstances. Mm. I was blessed and inspired and motivated in my role as chairman. Just to see the amazing work the Bible League is doing in so many countries throughout the world.
1: Before we go, uh, James, uh, the last thing I want to ask you you know, you're a part of the National Day of Prayer and Fasting team, as I am, and we just love seeing uh, people praying, fasting, praying for revival in Australia. Let, let's just throw out a challenge to everyone. If there's people listening now that have never really prayed for our nation and prayed for our leaders, it's so important that we do this regularly tell us why it's so important
0: i've um, had a passion for 2nd chronicles seven fourteen for a long time if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray then will i hear from heaven forgive their sins and heal their land that verse has been paramount in my thinking in my vision I suppose for 20 years I was greatly impacted by The teaching of uh, Professor Peter Wagner from Fuller Theological Seminary Where I studied Uh, Studied church growth But then he moved into the whole area Of prayer and spiritual warfare So I don't know how long ago That's probably 25 years ago And that impacted me greatly And so in my own denomination I've been one who's called for prayer Prayer and fasting Repentance and uh, so a few years back Warwick Marsh invited me to become part of the National Organising Committee for the National Day of Fasting and I'm part of that and I'm the coordinator for that on the Sunshine Coast and since we decided to regionalise that across Australia, that's been exciting, what is it now we're in our third year of regionalising it and uh, that's been a great initiative, more and more people are praying and I believe God has a calling upon his people to intercede to pray, according to uh, Timothy, where Paul says, "Pray at prayers for all men to be saved, prayers for leaders, prayers for nations. And um, I do believe that more and more people are engaging with that call of God uh, to be involved in praying. For a long time... You know, I I believe prayer is more than bless me or bless this man or bless who. I believe in the scripture where it says you have not because you ask not God. We need to be specific in our praying. Pray for people by name. Pray for people to be saved. Pray for our leaders for wisdom and strength. Pray for the Lord to bless their families. Yeah, specific praying very much as part of who I am and so I'm delighted to be part of National Day of Prayer and Fasting, which is by the way more than that one day in the year that's exciting just to see and I think more and more people are signing up and getting on board and I would encourage others to do that.
1: Well James it's been wonderful to hear your story today and uh, it's been uh, inspiring to get to know you over the years I reckon you're a history maker James thanks for joining
0: us. Oh, great, thanks Matt good to share with you, God bless you
1: bringing the love and light of Christ into many people's lives around the world. Make history today by joining our friends at Bible League and planting a Bible that will help someone meet Jesus. Go to bl.org.au. Station sponsor.
0: Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.